Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. Hi guys, hope you're having a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Got a great show for you today where we welcome Dr. Shiva Asar. 
Dr. Shiva is a licensed clinical psychologist in Southern California who specializes in working with adults from various clinical and cultural backgrounds with a specific interest in the areas of self-confidence, social anxiety, and relationships. And she believes that the relationship that we have with ourselves particularly how we think and respond to ourselves, is a foundation for our relationships with others. And that's exactly what we talk about today is our relationship with ourself and how to prioritize ourself in order to improve our relationships and just to improve our personal quality of life. And Dr. Shiva gave a lot of great tips, very actionable things. I took three pages of notes, and I'm excited to share today's interview with you. And I'm getting the hang of this recording all by myself now because Sarah used to manage the audio side of everything and also be in the interview, but she would handle the audio mixer and and staring at all the applications, and, and now I'm doing it. And it's a bit tricky sometimes, so I'm trying to monitor the audio levels and play producer and host. So I appreciate you bearing with me in this new multi-task version of the show, and I'm really enjoying these conversations, the feedback from you guys, and we appreciate you tuning in and listening. Thanks so much. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Dr. Shiva. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks so much, Chase, for having me. I'm so excited to be talking with you. Today, we're going to talk about self-confidence and the importance of prioritizing ourselves in order to improve the relationship. So it seems a bit of a contradictory statement, right? Like prioritize yourself in order to have a better relationship, but it really starts within. And let's start by having you tell our listeners why it's so important to prioritize ourselves and how we can do that and keep a balance with a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. Um, And you're right. I think a lot of times when I encourage people to really focus on their relationship with themselves, one thing that I'll hear is like, well, am I not then focusing on my other relationships or my relationships with other people? And for me, I truly do believe, um, as you mentioned, that our relationship with ourselves really influences our relationship with everyone else, right? So how we internally like think about ourselves, how we feel, the ways that we respond to ourselves, I feel like really show up within our other relationships. And I always tell my clients and people that I work with that you take yourself everywhere that you go. So what you're thinking about yourself, the ways that you're responding, the extent to which you are putting yourself first is going to also influence how you're experiencing everything else in life. And that also means how you experience your partner or a friend um, and what those experiences are going to be like for you. So I'm a huge advocate of thinking about how to prioritize ourselves and thinking about when I say prioritize, I really mean just checking in with yourself more regularly and doing the things that are rejuvenating to you in that moment and in the long term and really engaging activities that are connected to what you want your life to be about. So I don't necessarily mean neglecting other relationships, but rather thinking about, you know, being more intentional around how you take care of yourself and how you're then showing up in those other relationships. I want to talk about 
the specific ways we can do that. But first, I want to ask you, how can we take that perspective without being selfish? If let's say we're in a relationship and it's like, yeah, I'm prioritizing myself. Maybe our partner, it can feel like, hey, you're being a bit selfish. So how can we think about that? Yeah, no, great, great question. I think that is definitely some of, one of the main um, barriers for many people when we think about prioritizing ourselves. I think for me, I would just start with just spending the time to really ask yourself, what do I, what are my beliefs around focusing on myself, right? So if it is that, you know, the belief that comes up for you is, you know, focusing on myself as being selfish, where does that even come from? Like, where did you learn that, right? And is that actually accurate? So I, I find that a lot of times we've taken on these beliefs or we've associated these meanings to different things throughout our lives that we've just accepted R- rather than really looking at it and seeing, is this actually accurate? Would I believe the same thing for someone else who was focusing on themselves? Let's say someone else was you know, exercising or taking an hour just for themselves. Would I see them as being selfish? Um, and so I think becoming more curious around that, um, and the meanings that we associated with that activity or just prioritizing ourselves. I think the other thing is also seeing how the benefits, uh, you know, the impact of prioritizing yourself. So how is that actually not going to just impact you, but how does that actually impact other people in your life or other experiences that you have in your life? Um, and how does when we don't put ourselves first, how does that also impact us? You know, because I think um, although there is a, a, it is a common, you know, unhelpful belief that many of us have that I'm being selfish. I think it's also important to recognize that when we don't engage in those activities, that too may also negatively impact our relationship in ways that we just may not be as aware of. And so spending some time to really think about the impact of each either way of approaching either you're focusing on yourself or not focusing on yourself and how that then impacts other people as well. What are some ways to start focusing on ourselves, prioritizing ourselves that look healthy? Sure. Um, So what I would say is first starting with, you know, just checking in with yourself. And what I mean by that is, you know, maybe it's in the morning or later in the day to having just maybe a minute or two to just ask yourself, you know, how am I feeling today? Right. And I think that is that can be really difficult when within itself if you're not used to doing that. Um, and if you're unsure of how you're feeling, I think it's helpful to check in with your body and see what is going on for you as far as maybe physical or physiological sensations that you're experiencing. So sometimes we know we're experiencing an emotion based on what's going on for us physically um, or what's going on with our thoughts. And so first checking in with yourself and then asking yourself, what do I need today? Or what, what do I need to feel supported? What would I need to really feel taken care of? Um, what do I need today to be able to feel my best, right? Is it engaging in some movement? Is it reaching out to a friend, right? So identifying the different things that we need in that moment um, to feel more supported, to take care of ourselves. Um, also, when I mention, you know, prioritizing ourselves, I really, a, a big part of that, I think, is spending some time to really reflect on your values and what you even want your life to be about, right? I think that's going to allow us and help us in being able to identify the activities that are going to be most meaningful to us, right? Some activities that we really do need to feel like we're prioritizing our overall well-being um, and just the overall, you know, experience that we're wanting. So, you know, spending some time also and really reflecting on 
what is most meaningful to me? What is most fulfilling to me? What do I want to, how do I feel most connected to myself? Is it through spending time with family? Is it through making sure that I am focusing on my physical health because that's a value of mine? So really becoming more clear on what is, you know, what is the thing that's going to be most impactful for you and most fulfilling for you? Um, and then outside of that, I think just thinking about some of the basics, right? Some of the basic things that we can do to prioritize our well-being, right? And so like things like being compassionate, giving ourselves a break, you know, treating ourselves like we would a friend, getting some movement in each day. So thinking about, you know, those things that we're all well aware of that we've probably all heard about, but making it more of a point to engage in them, um, especially in those moments when we're needing that additional support. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. They've remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories, plus protein and fiber. I highly recommend that you give their bread a try. They're giving relationship advice listeners 10% off when you visit Hero dot co and use the code I do at checkout. I was so excited to discover Hero Bread. It's truly amazing. And they've made a product that is tasty and soft while having zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar and high in fiber. I'm not going to lie. Their white bread is so good and it makes the best tomato and mozzarella sandwich. Last week, Stella and I were back in Florida visiting our family and we all walked to the lake and the only bread we had in the house was Hero Bread. So we grabbed a slice, walked to the lake, and by the time we got there, Stella had eaten the whole piece of bread and of course, wanted more. So the poor ducks didn't get any Hero Bread, but Stella did. Since I had cut out bread for a while, every time I ate low quality bread, my body felt bad. It felt bloated and I didn't feel great. But with Hero Bread, I feel good after eating it, which makes my life so much easier because now I can go back to my easy grab and go sandwiches when I'm on the run. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code I do at checkout. That's I do at H-E-R-O if you're tuning into today's show, you're probably aware that mental health and relationship challenges are a part of life, but they don't have to define you and you're not alone. If you've ever wished that you could join a conversation with an expert and call into a show in a similar vein as relationship advice, here's an opportunity for you. If you're navigating something messy, call the Dr. John Deloney Show. 
His show recently hit top five of all podcasts on Apple Podcasts and for a good reason. With a PhD in counseling and two decades of experience sitting with people, Dr. Deloney brings practical advice on how to connect with others, face depression, overcome anxiety, and find true wellness. This caller-driven show tackles real-life issues from relationships to emotional well-being. Dr. Deloney walks alongside people just like you as they navigate tough decisions. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Send your questions, leave a voicemail at 844-693-3291 or email askjohn at ramseysolutions.com. They want to talk to you. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. How can someone maybe that's listening to this show talk to their partner about this or have a conversation so that the partner doesn't feel like, hey, what's this all about? It might appear kind of selfish to them. How can mm -hmm. they talk about it like, hey, I want to prioritize myself and maybe encourage them to do it as well? Sure. Yeah. Great question. Um, I think I would start with once you are clear as to what is making this, you know, you prioritizing yourself, what is the most important part of this for you, right? So how it's going to impact you as well as how it's probably going to impact your relationship. I would share that with your partner. I would um, consider, you know, sharing with them, letting them know, hey, you know, I'm deciding to, let's say, spend an hour each morning focusing on myself, maybe working out or whatever other activity that you identify. And this for me is really important because I've noticed that this is how I'm going to feel my best. It's going to help me in managing my stress. And it's also my way of being able to, and then sharing the benefit for the relationship of being able to, you know, be more relaxed and connected when I'm sitting with you or be able to reduce my stress throughout the day so that when I'm with you, I'm fully present and I'm, I'm able to offer more, right? So my cup is more full where I'm able to also dedicate more time and energy to the relationship. So I think um, being able to share with our partners what are the tangible positive benefits that we may experience and what is really driving us to do this? versus, you know, um, you know, versus allowing sort of room or space for them to think, you know, this is selfish, or maybe they're trying to pull away from us. If that is something that is coming up within the relationship where your partner shares with you, that is a perfect opportunity to let them know, hey, it's actually not that I'm not trying to connect or I'm not, I'm trying to pull it away. It's actually quite the opposite. I'm so wanting to connect with you that I'm wanting to make sure that I'm the place to be most open to connection and most open to being, being able to pour into our relationship. That's a great way to frame it. What would you tell a partner who is like, yeah, playing golf for four hours every other day it helps me feel the best and helps me connect. And that may be true. And then the person receiving that might feel like, well, that's just kind of an excuse. And, and they might have a problem with that. Obviously, we're not going to receive everything our partner says just perfectly right right so I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate a bit here so let's Absolutely. say that conversation doesn't go well the other partner's just not seeing how more time away from the relationship is going to help the relationship what would you tell each of those people in that situation 
Absolutely. No, great question. And I do a lot of what we're talking about for listeners too is, you know, a lot, a lot of these things are easier said than done and relationships are fluid, right? And I always say relationships are like living beings. And so we grow, we change, we have to give it love. Sometimes there's difficulties a lot of times, right? Um, and so that may happen. I think, you know, depending on the situation, I mean, it may look different depending on that specific relationship. But what comes up for me is, it is maybe using that as an opportunity to explore with your partner of like, you know, after you've shared with them why this is important for you, exploring with them, you know, what are other, what are other ways that I could give to the relationship? Are other ways that I can communicate to you that I'm wanting to be connected? Um, so I find that if someone is feeling disconnected and they're not necessarily sharing, right, why they're feeling disconnected, they may be pointing to a specific behavior that we're doing, right? And um, at times it may come through as, you know, venting or complaining about our specific behavior. But I think in that, there's a desire to connect and they're not communicating exactly what they're wanting. And so using that as a way to be like, okay, I'm hearing what you're saying. Um, and if there's flexibility around it, you may decide to change, you know, some parts of what your self-care may look like, um, or the extent to which you're spending time on self-care. But I also think a huge part of it is asking your partner, how can I communicate to you that I am wanting to be connected, that I'm invested in this relationship? Um, and, and if you're open to it, in addition to that is, are you open to also maybe asking your partner if they would want to join you? in your activity, you know, at times, right? So if this is something that you're spending maybe four hours every other day golfing, could this be something that your partner can join you in? And would that help them to feel more connected? And just knowing that that option is available. But I would say my go-to is really just checking in with them and asking them what they're wanting from you and how you can communicate more that you're wanting to stay connected. So let's say they then communicate what they want from you but that seems like something that might not be attainable, <laughs> right? Sure. Uh, maybe sure. it's a bit unrealistic. Obviously, like you said, relationships are fluid and this is probably going to be the case a lot of times, right? It's like, I want you to do this, but uh, you know, the other partner can't do that. And this this whole flow of wants and needs and the other partner being able to meet them or maybe expectations are not realistic. So, how can the partner that's asking for a connection ask themselves questions surrounding how realistic it is their desires are? Absolutely. Yes. No, great point. And, and that is the tricky part, right? That's why relationships are so complex because we can talk about, and we are, you know, we're talking about what we can do, right? So we can show up um, as, you know, our most fulfilled, our most, um, you know, just uh, we're at our best place, right, to be able to support the relationship. But that we also can't control how someone else is going to respond, right? We can do the best that we can do, but they may respond in a way where they're still upset, even with the best response that we may give or the most aware response. And I think for that person who's asking for more, it does require, um, that self-reflection, right? And that for them to also check in with themselves and really ask themselves, is this something that is an unrealistic expectation? Or is this something that, um, you know, I, you know, is there some, a part of this that I am missing that is an unrealistic expectation? Or is this something that, you know, I'm really needing and does, is deemed to be realistic, right? Depending on what is going on. 
Um, so I think that it really does depend on that person also reflecting on their own internal processes um, and spending that time to really check in with themselves if they're, they're feeling like they can get to a compromise. Um, a lot of times we may ask for something and there is this need to it, but we may not know why, what is driving the, um, what is the specific core need underneath that request, right? So maybe you're asking your partner, um, I want you to spend more time with me, right? Or I want you not to go golfing, for instance. But, and if your partner, because that is part of their life, that is something that fulfills them, isn't wanting to or willing to at this time to change that. I think that it comes down to really checking in with yourself and saying, what what about that is really important to me? And what am I actually wanting to communicate to my partner around what I'm needing? So there's likely an unmet need um, that probably doesn't have to do necessarily with the golfing itself. There's something more I would say that's driving that request. And so for them to spend that time to really be curious about what that thing is and can they then communicate that in a non-judgmental, compassionate way, which can be really difficult. I recognize that it can be challenging. Um, but I, I do think that it does start from ourselves um, of really being able to check in with ourselves and focusing on what is driving our own behaviors and requests. What could we say to a partner who isn't really looking into the underlying need? Obviously, we can only control ourselves, but within this whole dance that we're talking about, it's important that both people are introspective and looking at the underlying details of, of a request. Sure. But let's say a partner is not doing that. Obviously, we can't control them to do that, but is there a space for us to point that out or, or talk about, Hey, like, I understand you want more time together, but what is that really about? Because it seems like I can't give you all the time that you're wanting. Right. I think it's the taking a step back. So if we're on the receiving end of that, taking a step back and, and if you feel comfortable sharing with your partner, sort of the, what you, the tension, what you're needing to negotiate right now. So Maybe something like, you know, I'm hearing that you're wanting to spend more time together and I'm wanting to be able, I'm wanting a part of me is wanting to, you know, I want to feel connected to you. I, I value what you're sharing with me. And at the same time, I'm finding it difficult because this is a part of my life. This is something that fulfills me, allows me to feel my best. Right. And so I'm wondering, is there a compromise there? Is there something that we can do? together to really be able to focus on this concern, right? So coming at it from a place of, I, I let's, we versus your need and my need, right? So what is, what is what we can do together to really address this concern as a, as a partner, as a couple? Um, and what are things that maybe they're willing to change or so to open more of a conversation where there's more discussion around the negotiation and the compromise that's needed to address the same concern that we're both approaching. So I, I find that a lot of times when there is conflict and when it's hard for us to, you know, let's say you have a very different perspective than your partner. It's easy to jump to, you know, this is something that you're struggling with, like you need to figure it out. And let me know what you want from me, right? Um, and and then it becomes us versus them. So instead, of thinking about how can we approach this concern from we, but you're not necessarily you're you're inviting them to now also explore with you. You're letting them know your boundaries, what you're considering, what's happening for you internally, but also encouraging them 
to also reflect on, you know, what is going on for them and what are they willing to modify or change given where you're at and what you are thinking of and what is going on for you internally. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. If only it was as easy as you were so eloquently (laughs) laying it out. But yes, it's so hard. And I, and I, and I, I will say, it's a, you know, it's always easier said than done. Right. Um, but I, what I would, if anyone's listening and, um, you know, maybe this is an area of concern or challenge, and I know it even comes up for me. Right. Um, but remembering that just this takes practice and the more we do it, the easier it will feel. And also if it, at the least of it, if we can come into a conversation from a perspective of openness and curiosity um, and also just a willingness to be focusing on negotiation and compromise, I think that it will it, it can get take us further than you know another approach where we aren't engaging in that dialogue with one another. So we got a little off of how we started the conversation, but I love this because it's it's so valuable. Let's shift back to prioritizing ourselves, And one of the things that you mentioned asking ourselves are, what are my values? And that might be difficult for someone to, to understand. So how can we get clear on what our values are? Sure, sure. Um, so for values, what I think of, values are the things that give our lives, I always describe them as the things that provide color to our lives, right? They make life enjoyable. Things that provide meaning, a sense of purpose, fulfillment within our lives. So things like maybe your career, your family, um, your relationships, your health, right? These are the things that serve as motivations oftentimes for our actions and the goals that we set. And so when I'm thinking about values, um, you know, I think that it's really checking in with yourself and saying, you know, if I was at the end of my life, right, I'm at the end of my life, what do I want to make sure that I put time and energy towards? What do I definitely want to make sure that I've made a part of my life about? And so really reflecting on what are the things that stand out to you when you ask yourself that question? And um, in what in or is it your family? Is it your career? Whatever, maybe your spirituality. And when you are more clear on that, then saying, okay, what are the activities or what are the behaviors that I can engage in that will allow me to live out those values more, right? So if it's your family, what are the things that you want to make sure that you're doing with your family or the ways that you want to make sure that you're responding to your family so that you're able to get more and more connected to living a life that's, you know, fulfilling through the sense of, through the perspective of being connected to your family. Um, and so and another question I would also consider in addition to, you know, thinking about the end of your life is maybe even reflecting on a time when life has been really challenging for you and reflecting on what uh, led you to feel really challenged, to experience concern, what type of loss were you experiencing um, or type of distress? Because I find that oftentimes the things that contribute to the most type of distress for us are connected to our value. So it's when we're not, our value is being impacted or there's a loss of that value in that moment in our life. So, um, you know, for instance, let's say if I reflect on a time that, you know, was really difficult for me, I will think of, you know, times where there have been, you know, losses within my family. And so then asking myself, okay, well, 
those losses, what was that connected to? It was connected to me experiencing separation from my family. And so that's telling me that my family is something that I really do find valuable and meaningful within my life. Um, And then on the opposite end of that is, what are the things that you feel most proud about? So things that when you are, um, you know, getting closer to, you feel most happy, right? So what are the things that, you know, is it when your career is going incredibly well? Is that when you feel most happy? Is it, you know, when you think of your marriage or having a child, you know, what memories, um, what really positive memories stand out to you and how are those connected to your different values? We talk a lot on the show about values and the importance of them aligning with our partners. So this is a tricky one because it's not always going to be perfectly aligned, but how can someone navigate an issue where they're not aligned with their partner and values? And when is it a deal breaker? When can they, obviously that's up to every individual, but how can they decide that? Right. Um, It's such a great question, but also it is quite complicated, right? Um, And I think that I always, you know, I work with a lot of, uh, you know, professional women who are single and they're dating. And so we do focus a lot of them on the values work as they are dating, right? Because it is so important. I think when you're wanting to get to know someone, you want to be clear, do most of your values connect and are they aligned? Um, You know, what you're wanting out of life, is that aligned? To reduce just the challenges of just being in a partnership where where that isn't present. But I would say that if you are in a partnership and you're finding that, you know, there are certain values that aren't aligned. Um, I think it's first recognizing how important is that value for you, right? Is it one of your top three values, right? Is it like, or is it your number one value? And then it comes down to communication. Um, And again, this may be easier said than done, but trying to communicate to your partner around what around what about this value is so important to you and what about making this decision how is this whatever decision that you are two are facing together how is that connected to a value of yours and what does that mean to you and also hearing them out and being open to hearing them out and seeing that through that process is there again a way to understand each other where you're able to compromise and collaboratively come up with how you want to move forward that may not always be the case, right? Because you may discuss something and realize that you are completely not able to, you know, you're able to understand their perspective, but you don't agree with their perspective. And that is not how you want to move forward. And at that point, I think it just really depends on what is going on and what you both choose to do, right? Um, But I think that if there is an opportunity to communicate, to understand one another's perspective, and an opportunity to collaboratively come up with a next step, then that's probably going to be most enriching to that relationship at that time. Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, Love Tribe. I have just a few questions for you. I want to know why you are here listening to the podcast. Are you here because you want to stop bickering with your partner? 
and you want to feel truly heard? Or are you looking for ways to reignite your sex life? Or do you want to feel more emotionally connected with your partner? Or do you just long for those fun, giggly moments of connection that you used to have at the beginning of your relationship? Well, over the last decade of hosting this podcast, those were the main reasons people tuned into the show. And we get it. We've been there. So we created our course, Spark My Relationship, because we wanted to put those tools to unlocking a fulfilling relationship right in your hands. We're offering $100 off our course, Spark My Relationship, which is a self-paced course designed to help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner and have an amazing time doing it. We've collaborated with over 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. So to unlock this special offer of our course, our listeners can visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to get $100 off. That's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Wrapped up in a lot of what we're talking about is self-confidence, and it's an area that that you're passionate about and an area that we could all use help in. So how can we start to think about our self-confidence and improve it in order to bring it to our personal lives and in our relationships? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what I would say is for me, it, when you're thinking of wanting to improve your self-confidence, for me, it starts with our thoughts. And really just taking the time to check in with ourselves and saying, how do I tend to speak to myself? You know, what is the tone that I use when I'm speaking to myself? What do I tend to say to myself? So taking a second to really pause and just be curious around what your self-talk is. Our mind is constantly giving us different thoughts throughout the day. And a lot of times around who we are and what we're capable of. And so really identifying what those thoughts are from a place of curiosity and non-judgment. And then I think the other part of it is when you are aware of what your inner self-talk is like, you know, starting to question those thoughts. What I see happening is a lot of times, especially for those of us who may be struggling with our self-confidence, a lot of times we respond to ourselves incredibly critically, incredibly harshly, and in ways that we would never respond to other people. And usually they're ways that aren't ultimately accurate. So we're saying things to ourselves that are more extreme, that are, that are not um, uh, accurate or indicative of the specific situations that we're in, right? They're just incredibly more critical or negative. And so in that time, I typically ask individuals to really spend the time and start to question those thoughts. Um, challenge those thoughts, really scrutinize the thoughts before you believe that. Um, so oftentimes what ends up happening is when we don't question our thoughts and maybe, you know, if you're listening, maybe you've never done that, right? Maybe you've just believed the thoughts that you've had. Um, often that is usually what happens uh, when we don't pause to question them. Usually we treat our thoughts as facts and we just believe them to be truth. And so by questioning them, you're really looking to see, is this thought a thought that I'm having or is this a fact? Is this 100% true? So I'll give you an example um, because I recognize it may feel a little abstract, but let's say I'm working on my self-confidence and a thought that comes up for me when I'm being evaluated or I'm in a new situation is I'm not qualified. 
I'm not qualified to be on this podcast interview. I'm not qualified to be applying for this job. And so asking yourself in that um, uh, moment, rather than letting yourself go with that thought and then maybe experience uh, other emotions, such as anxiety or sadness, and then respond in a way that doesn't serve you, asking yourself in that moment, okay, is this a thought or is this a fact? Is it a fact that I'm not qualified, right? And what evidence do I have? What evidence do I have that I'm not qualified? What evidence do I have that I am qualified? So when I ask in, uh, my clients and even for myself, it's when you ask yourself what evidence um, and you're looking for the evidence, I usually tell people, imagine that you are in a court of law and the judge asks you, Shiva, what evidence do you have that you're not qualified? I can't in that moment say, well, I feel this way, right? Because my feelings are valid, but they're also subjective. I can't say, I think that um, I think of myself as not being qualified. I have to give tangible evidence, things that both you and I would see as being evidence and facts. So maybe it's, I, um, you know, haven't gotten that experience in this area. So I've never maybe done an interview. Or maybe if we're thinking about the other side, maybe it's the positive evidence could be, I've gone through graduate training in this specific area, right? So it's identifying that for yourself. Um, in addition to the evidence, I think another part of really self-confidence work is, I would say, I'll share two more things, I think is allowing yourself to, you know, allowing yourself and intentionally seeking your strengths. So things that you do well at, things that are part of your inherent strength, who you are as a person, and spending time in every day, maybe identifying two to three strengths, things that you have to offer or things that have gone well for you. And, and I think that's important because a lot of times when we're thinking of improving our self-confidence, we are usually focusing on all the negatives, right? All the areas that we want to change. And I typically tell people we can't improve our self-confidence if we're only thinking about all their negatives, right? How can we improve our self-confidence if we're not accurately even viewing ourselves? So uh, accurately viewing what we have to offer our strengths, what we do well at, and then maybe also viewing our areas of growth. And so to be able to make changes, we need to be able to view ourselves accurately and um, more objectively. And then I think the other part um, of this is also just practicing self-compassion. Um, so I know many people are probably familiar with self-compassion work, um, but I think it is incredibly helpful, especially when you're focusing on your self-confidence um, of really asking yourself in this moment when I don't feel qualified or have this thought or I'm feeling anxious, whatever it may be, how would I respond rather than responding critically to myself? How would I respond to a friend in a similar situation or to a loved one? or to my child, or whoever it may be. And how can I learn, how can I offer those state, same statements, those same ways that I would respond to them to myself in this moment? So how can I treat myself like I would a friend? Um, as I mentioned, a lot of times we respond incredibly more critically than we would respond to anyone else. And by taking that time to really identify how we would respond to someone else, that's not, that's not only going to help us in feeling better, but it's also a more accurate res uh, response. We're giving ourselves the support that we deserve based on that circumstance. So we're not allowing our emotions or past histories to dictate um, how we're going to respond to ourselves. We're responding based on how we would normally respond objectively to anyone. 
I know that was a lot of that I included there, but um, I do think that there's different ways to really focus on your self-confidence. But I would say for anyone listening, if you're wanting to start, I think starting with just your thoughts um, and really paying attention to them. One other thing that I'll share, Chase, is when we're also thinking about our thoughts, um, a lot of times I'll hear, you know, from clients, you know, well, Shiva, I feel like I need to be hard on myself. Like I, because then I'm going to become content, then I'm not going to push myself. Um, and if that is the belief that's coming up for you, um, I would encourage you to really take inventory and try, ask yourself, you know, what is the real impact of this belief? Is it actually helping me to become more qualified or more confident or whatever maybe? And also in recognizing that what the research supports is that when we, when we treat ourselves with more compassion, when we're, um, you know, more kind to ourselves, when we treat ourselves ultimately more accurately, right? View ourselves more holistically, we're actually able to be more resilient to go after those things that we're wanting go after. So it really does help with confidence. Um, and so recognizing that if that is a belief that's getting in the way, you really want to even think about challenging that belief and you know the function that you've associated with self-criticism. Just because we think something doesn't mean it's true. And Dr. Shiva, you've given us and our listeners so much great information, things to think about today really appreciate it. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? And if there's anything you want to leave them with, or maybe that we skipped over and then we'll say goodbye. Thank you so much, Chase, for having me. Um, and I've loved just being able to talk with you today. So uh, you can find me on Instagram. That is the main platform that I'm on. It's at Dr. Shiva or through my website, drshivasar.com. Um, if you're interested in therapy or coaching or just learning more about self-confidence and wellness. Um, and then what I would leave you with is, you know, you know, we talked about a lot today. And so as we've already said, this is easier said than done, but not allowing all of this to overwhelm you and really seeing it as, is there one thing that I can start intentionally focusing on today, either related to my self-confidence or my relationships and identifying just one small step you can take. So if it's around your confidence, what is one small thing that you can do today? If it's around your relationships, what is one small skill that maybe you can start practicing? And starting from there and um, recognizing that it takes time and you will you will get there with time and just with patience and compassion with yourself. Well, our listeners can find all the links and your website at idopodcast.com and in the show notes. And thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Take care, everyone. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, and while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14-day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. 
We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners. If you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock, we've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com